0: So I made the comment that there's a lot of Albertans that are relatively centrist in their political views, in my humble opinion. Brendan, we're going to have some fun here. This just shows you how the world works. that so you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. These are literally back-to-back texts. Al says, Bob, Danielle's not right of center. You've all moved so far left, you make centrists look like extremists i.e. typical liberals. Laugh out loud. Bob, you are not the next texter from Edmonton Tex. You are not center on the political spectrum. You are right of center, not quite hillbilly right. Uh, There you go. (laughs) Danielle Smith will not be the premier of the province. You heard it here first. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. And Craig says, Bob, you're right about people that are quick to convict if it matches their ideology uh, people uh, like your caller don't want conversation. They just want to give a lecture. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, I'm loving Holloway, says this individual on the Ashley Five Floors text line, but do you think we should be hesitant of excitement for him solely because of his injury history? Well, it was one specific injury is and It's concerning. I, it is. I think we should be pretty excited about how he's tracking through the first six games. All right, we're going to go into NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. Your local branded merchandising specialist, head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. And here is Brendan Escott.
2: Somehow, someway, Matt Barzell is now a 9 and uh, 1, I don't even know what that is, $9.15 million uh, cap hit moving forward here after this season. 25-year-old uh, securing the bag today, an eight-year contract extension with Long Island. Yeah, nine, a little north of 9 per year Cam Talbot is expected to miss five to seven weeks. He's got an upper body Yikes. injury. Um, yeah, that's tough for Ottawa. Boston's yep. Taylor Hall, another former Oiler, listed as week to week with an upper body issue of his own. Blues defenseman Scott Perunovich, he'll miss at least six months following uh, shoulder surgeries. Their second round pick from 2015. Oil Kings embarking on a five game uh, U.S. Division road trip this week. Starts Friday night in Spokane. Saturday there in uh, Kennewick to play Tri. City and then Tuesday a date with uh, Portland Winter Hawks and the Golden Bears hosting the McEwen University Griffins in Canada West action this uh, Friday night at the Claire Drake and then Saturday they'll flip it around and uh, Downtown Community Arena will play host.
0: Should I stay on the top 10 committee? For the 20th consecutive year for that? What do you think?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess we'll see. It's a see. milestone.
0: Royal Pizza, Pizza past and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years for a menu to list there are 15 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca. The starter recommendation at royalpizza.ca. Download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store is the Mediterranean Chicken. Brendan is a big fan of the Texan. Uh, Reed Wilkins likes the meat lovers. Royal Pizza, 15 locations in Edmonton, four in Calgary. Everything's real at Royal, as promised. Uh, so today, UB, the GM, was the phone-in segment, Oilers Assistant General Manager, Bill Scott. He does uh, some very unique things for the club. He is our Oilers now headliner, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It must just be the best you've ever tasted. It's not just, it is the best you've ever tasted. Not. It might just be, it is the best you've ever tasted. Now with three locations to service you. Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Full disclosure, because we're upfront and honest, uh, Bill Scott is on a team retreat currently uh, in British Columbia. We caught up with him before last night's game. Let's get to that conversation. Bill, we appreciate you doing this uh, prior to you taking off and joining the team on a retreat. I guess uh, since it's been a few years since we had you on Witters now, maybe just to refresher course is how you got
1: to Edmonton in the first place. What were the steps in your journey along the way? Uh, you know, I've been really fortunate in my journey to, to meet a lot of good people and work for a lot of good people. You know, when I was a young guy, I knew I wasn't going to be a pro hockey player. So uh, I said, how can I get to the NHL? What can I what can I do in college and, and from a work standpoint to try, and, to try and build my way up with a good resume? Uh, and so I went to Michigan State University. I was a student manager for the hockey team, added that to my resume. Parlayed that into an internship uh, with the Hockey Operations Group in Nashville. David Poyle, Ray Shiro, Paul Fenton, a great group there at the time. Uh, That led me to a job in the ECHL in their league office. Uh, And then from there went to the American League office, uh, doing a lot of administrative, a lot of hockey operations stuff, uh, supervising hockey games from an officiating standpoint, building schedules, uh, taking care of all of our central registry things. And then I said, I want to get back on the team side of things. You want to win. You want to feel the highs and the lows. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get hired by the Edmonton Oilers to be the general manager in Oklahoma City. Uh, We had a great run there in Oklahoma City from 2010 uh, for me until 2014. Two conference finals, playoffs every year. We had a great group there, great staff, Todd Nelson, Rocky Thompson, Jerry Fleming. Uh, And then Craig McTavish hired me to be the assistant general manager up here in Edmonton and uh, handle contracts, salary cap. Uh, a lot of stuff still with our minor league operation uh, and a lot of the administrative and day-to-day stuff.
0: How it changed for you over, it was 20, was it 14 that you came up initially from uh, from uh, Oklahoma City? How's the role changed and evolved for you?
1: Yeah, you know what, it, it's been different for each general manager that I've been with. Unfortunately, we've had a lot of turnover there. Uh, And I've been fortunate enough to be able to stay on with the organization, but, um, you know, Craig McTavish, uh, Peter Chiarelli, and now Ken Holland. So my duties generally have stayed the same over that time. Um, You know, different general managers have had me tweak my position in different ways, whether it's being scouting on the road with the team more or less. More negotiations, less negotiations, things like that. Um, But I think the landscape in the league uh, is really, really since COVID has hit, that's where we've seen the greatest change in the league uh, from my position standpoint. With just trying to plan out contracts and rosters and everything moving forward without this cap going up, it's been difficult. And... I think where in the past you've you've really tried to, uh, I think you saw a lot of long-term deals in the past around the league, and over the past couple years, because of the flat cap, you're seeing some pretty short deals get signed, and everyone's just kind of waiting for that cap to move up as soon as possible.
0: Though you might not necessarily be 100% day-to-day involved in this, or maybe you are, uh, has, in terms of analytics and video, Mm -hmm. does that become a greater part of the equation uh, you know, every organi-
1: like the Leafs have like ten different people involved in it, maybe eight or nine after what I read today. But how much has that changed as well? Yeah, you know, when when I first came up, we we were kind of one of the first teams in on analytics. Uh, Tyler Dello worked here. We had uh, an- another. Company local group that was doing a lot of great work for us, really cutting edge stuff. Um, you know that that relationship changed and evolved, uh, and we've done some different things since then. But I can tell you, um, from my standpoint, and right now, you know, analytics is used. It's used by our coaching staff, our amateur staff, our pro staff uh, in all the decisions that we make. So while we don't publicize it a lot, uh, it is a part of every decision that we make, uh, and we think it's a critical piece. It's not the only piece, uh, but it is an important piece in the game today, especially. Especially with all the data that we're able to get,
0: we're joined by Bill Scott, Assistant General Manager, Hockey Operations, here in Oilers Now. So I guess the uh, the eighty-two and a half million dollar question is: How does this team get? Carried? And we are a week out, and some things could happen between now and then. I think in a perfect world, and maybe you can educate our listeners on this, you probably want to have both Dylan Holloway and Philip Roberg because of how the bonuses work. If they are not on that roster. Uh, when you have to get it capped plan planned. You know, obviously you've thought about this a lot, given the fact that the orders it's well documented, the position they're in cap wise.
1: Yeah, you know, it all goes into our planning, and, and we do that, again, years in advance, and then you're planning day by day and week by week. But... Um We're in a position now where certainly everybody knows, it's well documented, we're going to be a team that's in LTI uh, between Oscar Kleffbaum and Mike Smith uh, to start the year. So as a result of that, um, as you alluded to with Holloway and Broberg, um, certainly from a cap standpoint, uh, it's usually imperative to have those type of players uh, on your roster to start because their bonuses kind of slide to the side. uh, And if they happen to go down and back up during the year, their bonuses are already accounted for. Um, if a player like Philip Roberg is not on the opening day roster, uh, then his bonuses would count at full value when he comes up. And being an LTI, it would... It would mean a, you know, a cap hit of over a million dollars, which is difficult to do in our situation. So certainly we're going to do things to keep ourselves flexible during the year and uh, and try and be able to afford as many players as possible in our roster. Uh, but it's fluid and it's day by day, and, and we'll see what happens over the next week. Is it all around the possibility that you maybe need to be at 21 players to start and then work from there? I'm not going to tell you exactly how many players are going to be at, but I think our situation is well-documented out there. We have a lot of GMs. Uh, out there listen to the show and everything else and obviously there's some great websites out there as well that uh, document that for everybody. So I think everybody out there can do the math and and there's going to be some difficult decisions to be made uh, if everything stays as is. Do you think the organization's at a different place maybe now than it was in 2014? Absolutely. You know I think we've come a long way. We talked for for years and years obviously we talked about growth and the youth movement uh, and everything like that and I think what you're seeing now is is our you know the Connor McDavid, Leon Drysdale, Darnell Nurse? These guys have kind of grown up together. Their game's gone to another level. Their leadership has gone to another level, and I think the rest of the league is seeing that now too. And and we're able to attract free agents that maybe a few years ago uh, we wouldn't have been able to. They may not. They might not. They would. They would have seen uh, the hope in some of our players, but they wouldn't have had the belief yet. I think now there's that belief in our group around the league, and that's why you're seeing us be able to attract some free agents. That that uh, have, have made a great impact on our team and will continue to do so. And for you, there has been opportunities elsewhere, and you elected to stay here. You know what, Edmonton's been great to me. They gave me an opportunity to work in the American League and the National Hockey League. Uh, it's a wonderful organization. I've been treated very well here, uh, and I think we've got a great opportunity to win, and, uh, and that is that's worth a lot to me for sure. That's the goal.
2: There you go. That's Bob in conversation with Oilers Assistant General Manager Bill Scott. We'll step out here on Oilers now. We'll wrap up the show with this day in Oilers history and more when we return.
0: You can text us at 780 4960063 63 Steve from Drumheller said, Bob, can you explain to me why the Oilers got rid of Esposito? I thought he was playing good. Uh, Luke Esposito was on an, uh, he's on an American Hockey League deal. He's not even on an NHL contract. He played four preseason games. He was competitive, feisty, did a good job, in you know, on the four check. Really, I think, uh, helped himself out. I think he did. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, is there any truth to the rumor uh, about Toronto making room for cap space for McDavid? This is how one guy... One guy, Elliot Friedman, actually joked about this on uh, Friday. Somebody had alleged that he said it on his podcast. He never said that on his podcast, but that's how Twitter works today. A guy sits there and... uh, Oh, I heard this on this show or this guy say it has gotta be tr- and of course it wasn't proven ultimately to be true. I'd say Toronto's got, you know, their own focus and that's getting Austin Matthews signed long term. It's the reigning heart trophy winner. They got long term deals done on Marner and Tavares and Nylander. They gotta get their best player. Austin Matthews signed long term. Um, Bob, why do the Twitter folks who defend Puliarvi's play go off about Vertanen? It's outrageous. Why can't it, uh, people admit both of them have been below average? I would argue Jake Vertanen's game last night was just as good as any game Puliarvi has played in the preseason. These political texts are as hilarious. Not sure how you keep it together on air. Well, if you, look, if you focus strictly on the hockey, Vertanen has been, frankly. Not really impactful. I would say that Paul had one good game out of three. Vertanen's had good moments, but to look like a player that hasn't played at an NHL level for the last year plus. Again, you can text. And at this stage of the game, I think it might be more likely that uh, Jason Damaris gets a contract offer from the Oilers than Jake Vertanen. Just because of organizational need. The order is Slater Cuckoo, not available. He's taken a leave, a personal leave at this time. Vincent Daherney is an injured right-shot defenseman. We'll take it for word. Bob, I would package Broberg, uh, in to pick for Chickren. I don't think Arizona would do that myself, for what it's worth. Bob, can you give us an update on Bob from uh, Dry99? No chance. What's the chances? Two guys in a row texting on Clefbaum back-to-back. Larry from St. Paul as well. Yeah, uh, Oscar Clefbaum, I would suggest, looks like his NHL career is over. Spends the last three years of a seven-year deal on an LTIR. Tough break for the Oilers, just when he was getting pretty good. To this day in Oilers history, and it sucked. This is a bad day in Oilers history. However, we did end up getting a pretty good person out of this. Just, it was a rough day if, if you're an Oilers fan. It is for New West Travel again this January. Join Oilers now on a three-night road trip to Las Vegas to see the Oilers play uh, the Golden Knights. Call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. On this date, back in 1991,
2: what happened, Brendan Escott? It broke the my heart. O- yeah, the Oilers traded Captain Mark Messier to the New York Rangers for Bernie Pumper-Nichols, Stephen Rice, and our regular Thursday contributor, then 20-year-old Louis DeBrusque. Uh, Nichols scored 85 points in 95 games over two seasons in Edmonton before the team flipped them to New Jersey for Zdeno Seeger and Kevin Todd in 1993. DeBrusque registered 700 uh, 197 penalty minutes in Oilers' colors over six seasons. Traded Messier. That was heartbreaking for me.
0: I mean, Gretzky, it was shocking at the time, the Wayne Gretzky sale. And really, this was the Mark Messier sale as well, because Peter Pocklington got a bunch of cash in the deal as well. Oh, it hurt. I loved him. You know, they hate him in Vancouver. They just hate Messi. And I always say that maybe that says more about Vancouver than it does about Mark Messi. I'm just kidding. I know he didn't uh, kill it as a member of the Vancouver Canucks. Reed Wilkins says Inside Sports Night, what's he got shaken?
2: I know for a fact that 7.30, you've got the Elks this week. Morley Scott chatting with CJOB's Derek Taylor ahead of this Elks and Blue Bombers matchup on Saturday. Otherwise, looks like a fluid show. All right.
0: Tomorrow, uh, Cam and Brendan are hosting. One of their guests will be Sportsnet's Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec. Uh, special thanks to Frank Saravalli. Bill Scott, the Edmonton Oilers Assistant General Manager, and all of you for participating, all of you, in the uh, phone-in segment on the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline and on the text line on the Ashley Fine Forest text line. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Ray LaHoo, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, then the 6.30 chat afternoons with Jane Lynn Nye. Off to LeVette for Anakin. Hope it's going to go well. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now.